Hi, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guest today is Mike Anderson, producer of the DVD, Healing Cancer from the Inside Out. Now, I've had Mike on before when he uh, put out the other DVD of his, Eating, which is uh, it's a favorite of mine. I give it away at all my networking meetings and stuff, and I found out he's got this new one out, Healing Cancer from Inside Out, and uh, I asked him to send me one, and so we're going to talk about the truth about cancer. Welcome, Mike. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I had such an interesting time with you last time, and I was looking at your DVD as I said off the air. I've looked at the first hour twice, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Next week, we shall uh, talk about the uh, second hour and how to. Uh, but you know, let's let's get into this um, healing cancer from the inside out. What does that mean, Mike? Well, normally. Um Conventional medicine applies external applications, such as chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, they, and, and they, they really do not address the underlying cause of the cancer. You know, the, the saying is, oh, great, we got the tumor, but what caused the tumor? Did you get that? And, of course, they totally ignore that. I go into, I give the example uh, in the film of Meg Wolf, who's uh, written a book called Becoming Whole, and uh, she has a horrific story, which is not that all atypical. Uh, what happened to her is they found a tumor in her leg, and what happened? They amputated her leg. A few years later, cancer showed up in her thyroid. What happened to her? They cut off half her thyroid, put her on a regimen of new drugs. A few years later, it showed up in her breast. What, what happened? They cut off her breast and gave, gave her chemo, radiation, and uh, you know, a set of new drugs. A few years later, the cancer came back, and there was nothing they could do. They, they declared her terminal and sent her home to die, and then she discovered diet. She, to, she changed her diet, totally reversed the cancer, and there you go. But all this time, conventional medicine was ignoring what was causing the cancer in the first place. So, well, she addressed that, and by doing so, she's healing from inside out, you know, uh, the cause of the cancer is your body, very simply put, your body is out of balance. It's out of whack. Something's wrong there, and you have to correct that. And the only way to do that is to change your diet, make it, uh, <clears throat> make, it make your body whole. And, you know, while you're, while you're curing the cancer, you're all, all, also curing all kinds of other diseases that are inside your body. So that's what I mean from inside out. Uh, and that's what conventional medicine uh, ignores. In fact, uh, conventional medicine traditionally is very, very weak in, in terms of any internal medicine. What they're really good at is ex- applying what I call external medicine. That is, you know, if, uh, applications, band-aids, if you will, on a problem. Western medicine is very good at trauma. Uh, if I had a broken arm, if I was in an accident, you know, we have the best care in the world. But when it comes to degenerative internal Medical problems, they're horrible, absolutely horrible. And cancer is probably the best case of how horrible our treatments really are. Chemotherapy has not been proven to be effective in in all but a small handful of cancers, and yet we give it to 80% of cancer patients, despite the fact it's proven by their own statistics that it's ineffective. 
but we keep doing it. And, and you know, the, the the bottom line is money. That's why we're doing it because the uh, 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 corporations own, you know, the medical medical community now, and they're they're uh, calling the shots. I think a lot of people don't know that. But in your film, Healing Cancer from the Inside Out, you say that cancer is caused by... Oh, my question is, how much cancer is actually caused by environmental pollution or genetics? Because I hear that all the time. Well, cancer runs in my family, and that's why these women are all running for cancer and getting their breasts removed, etc. That's scary. I mean, it's it's like mutilation. Why are... well, you know, breasts don't cause cancer, period. <laughs> they they don't. don't cause cancer, so why do you remove them? You know, that, that's the tumor fetish thing. We're going after the tumor instead of the cause, what caused the tumor. And, you know, I, I asked that, I, I posed that question to an oncologist in the film. I say, uh, you know, perfectly healthy women are getting their breasts removed and having these preventive mastectomies uh, in order to avoid breast cancer. And that's just, you know, that's just silly. It's just... Uh, you know that's that's like saying, well, my uh, my father, my grandfather, or my father, you know, had diabetes and he had his leg amputated. You know, so I should have my leg amputated too to prevent diabetes. It's just not it's not going to have any effect at all. The cancer, if it doesn't show up in your breast, will show up somewhere else. Well, that's that's like putting the cart before the horse thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Remove the leg so you don't get diabetes. Um, no, the leg didn't cause the diabetes. Neither do the breasts. Right. Neither do the brains. Neither does the t- you know the testicles or anything else. Right. So, what about genetics? How how, how does that um, really work? Well, you know, it is uh, the the estimate is two percent of all cancers are related genetically. It's a, it's a very 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 small number. But even like the BRCA one or two. Uh, gene that can be mitigated uh, by lifestyle changes. I mean, just weight loss, for example, can lower the risk of cancer on the BRCA1 cancer by 65%, just losing weight. And then if you change your diet and you do a lot of other lifestyle changes, you can completely mitigate that, and and you won't have cancer. You're not susceptible to uh, that bad gene. And, uh, you know, you take any population, for example, diabetes, any population, there's going to be a certain number of people who are predisposed to diabetes, but yet you look at primitive populations, there's no diabetes anywhere. Well, that's what I was going to say. And, is... and, and it's, it's what happens is that our environment, uh-huh. our, our dietary environment, if you will, will turn that gene on yeah. and make us susceptible to diabetes, those, those people who are predisposed to it. And similarly with cancer... Uh, those few people who have uh, uh, genes that predispose them to certain cancers, they, those genes don't have to be turned on. They're turned on by a change in the environment mm-hmm. inside our bodies. Well, I'm glad to hear that somebody else agrees with me on that because I, I've often felt that originally... We didn't have all this stuff going on, the diabetes, the cancer, et cetera, et cetera. And something had to to trigger this proliferation of it, and something else can trigger the stop. You know, turn right. turn turn the button off. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that, that's that's been my feeling for a long time, and I'm I'm so happy to hear you say that. That we those who are quote unquote predisposed to cancer or diabetes, why do you want to pass it on to your children and grandchildren? Yeah. 
and you can stop it yourself by teaching them and you know changing your own food program and lifestyle and teaching them and and passing that on so they can say well my great great grandparents had this but I've changed my lifestyle it, it you know it it it's an excuse people use when they get cancer well you know it in, runs in my family and that sort of thing that's like heart disease running in families which is yeah. a bunch of nonsense what runs in the family is is bad habits and uh that's what you're passing on to your to your offspring well, I once heard somebody say, just because it runs in your family, you don't have to run with it. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that was Dick Gregory said that one uh, time. Yeah. 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 And so, but, that, you know, what you say in the film also is that there's very little that's caused by environmental pollution. Right. And my understanding is also is that with diet and lifestyle, you can offset a lot of the environmental pollution. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, there, there's no question that there are environmental carcinogens carcinogens out there, and they do cause cancer. There's no question about that. Um, and you will usually see this in clusters where there's a lot of pollution, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of people will get certain cancers because of that. But you look at populations that live in the pollution with us who have very low rates of cancers. I use the example of Okinawans, and Okinawa is a very polluted place, and yet they have extraordinarily low uh, rates of cancer compared to us, and yet they live within the pollution. Seventh-day Adventists, those who adhere, if you drill down into the statistics, those uh, those who adhere most closely to a pure plant-based diet have, have the fewest cancers, the fewest, you know, heart attacks, heart disease, fewest rates of diabetes. And so diet plays an overriding role in making you susceptible to any of these diseases despite the fact we may live in, in the pollution. And, and myself, as well as T. Colin Campbell and uh, a number of other people, we, we say, like smoking, smoking will plant the carcinogenic seed, if you will, but the food will fertilize it. And without that fertilizer, it won't grow. That's why the Japanese smokers had such a very low rate of uh, lung cancer and yet they, they smoke more per capita. They smoke more than any other population in the world, yet very, very low rates of lung cancer. They had their diet to thank for that. As soon as they changed to the Western diet, their lung cancer rates went up, and uh, they came, became comparable to ours. So the, the carcinogens are definitely the seeds, but they don't have to blossom. And what happens is that our diet is the so-called fertilizer that allows that cancer to grow and mm-hmm. proliferate. Now, um, you had mentioned, we've only got a minute in the segment, you had mentioned that the, the cancer came back on this woman you were speaking of, but you also say in the film that there's always cancer in the body. Yes. Yes. We live with cancer. Every day we get cancer, anywhere from one cell to like 10,000 cancer cells in our body. And we act, our body can actually heal that, uh, and, and that's no problem. I mean... Within our lifetimes, we have six major bouts of cancer, major bouts of cancer we don't even know about, and uh, we heal this. We we reverse the cancer. Our bodies do it automatically. We don't even know. We even have cancer. And those people with good immune systems won't know about it. Those people with bad immune systems, a lousy diet and lifestyle, they'll find out in in the doctor's office. That's fascinating. Yeah, and we, you know, this goes on all the time. The body is capable of healing itself, not only from heart disease and, and, and all kinds of other diseases, but 
cancer as well. We we think of cancer, you know, it's, it's so funny. You get they find a tumor through a mammography or something, and oh, all of a sudden you have cancer. That's right. not true. You've had it for years. Let's hold on to this thought. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Revel. Please take the time to check out my website, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook. 10 Most Asked Questions About Raw Foods, find out about my teleclasses, or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more. To find my podcasts, including this one, you can go to revel.com, and that's with two V's and two L's. We're also working on another site where we'll be listing all the places you can find raw retreats, raw happenings, products that I or others recommend, best raw sites around, and more. This is Revel. We're back with Rock and Radio. This segment of Rock and Radio is brought to you by Adrian Martin's Abundant Living Today. Check out her videos at YouTube.com/slash Abundant Living Today. She's got some great stuff, great recipes and interviews, etc. Please check her out. Uh, I'm talking today with Mike Anderson, the producer of Healing Cancer from Inside Out, and also the video. Uh, Eating, which I love and I give out all over the place. I bought a bunch. I think I bought 50 of them from you, Mike. And I've been giving those out. But I think this is going to be more powerful because people don't understand the eating part. They do understand healing cancer. And uh, I'm so I'm so thankful you put this out for everybody. Thank you. Now, we just started talking about mammograms. And I have heard so many people say... Uh, if it wasn't for getting the mammogram, I wouldn't be here today. Is that true, Mike? Um, <laughs> Put you, I got you. Uh, you don't really know, do you? There are okay. First, there are a couple of couple of things in that question. Okay. Um, first, there are some people who they you know by chance, by pure pure luck, uh-huh. they uh, discover a tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go through the treatments, whether or not, and those treatments work for some people, uh, a very, 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 very small minority. Um, on the other hand, you have to consider there are also a great number of false positives, and people will be diagnosed with cancer based on a false positive, and they will undergo the treatment based on a false positive. In other words, they never had cancer. And this, uh, this amounts to 6 to 7% of all successes. You know, and those, oh, those are put into the, into the cure rates oh. as well as successes. Even though they never had cancer, they go through the treatments and they survive the treatment somehow, and they are counted as successes. And that's, that's a, a big number when you consider that, well, uh, maybe someone's life was saved uh, through 
uh, you know, mammography and, and, a, and a tumor was detected, but they're, they're a very, very small minority, a very small minority compared to the vast numbers of uh, women who were not saved, did not survive the cancer. And so they're extremely hardy, and I have nothing but admiration and uh, uh, for those people who, who survived not only the disease but, uh, but the, the treatment itself because the treatment, treatment is horrific and it doesn't work. I mean, I, I think that a lot of these survivors, um, the placebo effect was, was working. I mean, uh, to be able to uh, survive the chemotherapy and radiation, which just destroys the body. And so they despi- survived it despite the treatment, not because of it. Um, Secondly, you know, it's been proven, uh, you know, the American Cancer Society will say, uh, you know, regular mammographies will extend your life 20% or something like that. And uh, this simply is not true. Um, there have been scores of studies, scores and scores and scores of studies, where they have taken like a, a population base of a half million women, and say 250,000 of those women had regular mammograms, and 250,000 did not have regular mammograms or had no mammograms. And they'll look at the statistics, and they'll say, well, of the, of the women who had regular mammograms, three got cancer out of 250,000, mm-hmm. right? Out of the women who did not have regular mammograms, four had got cancer out of 250,000. Well, the difference between three people and four people out of, out of a half a million is zero. There's no difference between the two. But what they will do is they'll say, well, only three of the people with regular mammograms got cancer, and four with, who did not have mammograms did not get cancer. So that's a 25% improvement. But the mammograms don't prevent cancer. No, they don't prevent cancer. All they do is detect it. But they say they prevent it because then it goes into the treatment phase, which is a whole different thing. All right. Well, um, but, but they manipulate these statistics to show that, oh, there's a 25% improvement if you, in, in longevity because we'll discover the, uh, the cancer and therefore improve your life and stuff. There isn't a 25% difference. It's three people out of four out of, you know, uh, a half a million people, and the difference is zero. Yeah. But they manipulate the statistics, the relative statistics, such that, it, it appears that uh, they make it appear that uh, there's a 25% improvement if you uh, have regular mammograms. I, w- I want to get back to the relative as far as the absolute uh, in a moment because that, that was fascinating to me. Uh-huh. Um, when you say false positive, uh, personally, I have been diagnosed uh, falsely twice, and I don't go to doctors. And I, I just happened to go one time because I was going to get my tubes tied. And when I went, they told me I was pregnant, which I was not, never have been. <laughs> and then one time I just went for, this was back, way back when I was in my 20s, I went for a uh, just a thorough physical because I had the money and I thought it was something I quote unquote should do. And the first thing he tells me is I had an STD. And so I went, I, I talked to my boyfriend at the time about it, and he said, would you do me a favor and, and go and, um, you know, get a second opinion? So I did, and they said, you have no, you know, you're clean. Right. And so I asked the other doctor, I said, so how come this one's telling me you're, I'm clean? And, you know, and he says, right. well, he said, uh, the other one probably didn't do as thorough a check. I said, well, that's their job. They, this is what they do. Right. And all the tests go to the same place. 
you know, we're all in the same city, so all the tests go to the same health department. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's another big flaw. I mean, the, the testing, the pathology involved in that is 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 pretty dicey. And I I would you know, whenever you get something like that, get two or three opinions. Seconds. Yeah, I, I I've been told that fifty percent are false positives. Uh huh. That's a huge thing, and yeah. if you're if you're told you've got cancer, I mean, just just your own thought processes might right. create it after that. Yeah, yeah, that that, was, that can be devastating. Yeah, not to mention then you're going to do the um, uh, the chemo, the radiation, and the mutilation. Right. You know, and it's 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 amazing, and t- people just keep flocking back to do this right can you tell this is this is this pisses me off <laughs> yes, and and you know the, the major problem is that by by law and by just uh, overt oppression people go to the hospital and they ha- they have no other choice yes. the average joe out there uh, will have no other choice except what the doctor is telling him and the doctor is bound by laws by hospital policy, by AMA, and all these other places, you know, you, you might as well be talking to a robot because he's totally programmed insofar as what he can prescribe and what he can do. And they would never, ever say, go down to Mexico and get some treatment, alternative treatment, or, or go to one of these clinics and have nutritional treatments. They don't, one, they don't even know about them, and two, they couldn't recommend them or they'll go to jail. And people think you're lying, but it's true. There's, yeah. there's, there's stories after story after story, isn't there? Yeah. And people, when, you know, the, I mean, we, despite its flaws, we have very good diagnostic capabilities. If you take them within the context and, and make sure you get your double, your, you know, you're triply sure that this is accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they get the diagnosis in the hospital, and then right away they try and rush people, you know, into the, the surgery room. They scare them. Yeah, they scare, they frighten the hell out of them. We don't have much time. Even though this cancer has been going on for decades, usually, you know, we don't have much time. And, and it's only because by chance they happen to discover the cancer and they, we don't have much time. Well, that's not true at all. They've got years and years and years for most cancers, or the vast majority of cancers. But when they discover it, they, the, the patient still has years, decades, usually, of, of life. And study after study has shown untreated patients live longer than treated patients. You know, you're better off not getting any treatment because the treatment is so destructive. Yeah. And what you had said about some people who have survived the cancer and survived the treatment, do you think it's possible they've healed despite of, not because of the treatment? I think that's always the case. I agree. Um, You know, the, like, chemo, radiation, surgery, I mean, uh, especially chemo, um, it's not effective uh, by their own statistics. It is not effective in the vast majority of cancers. It is only effective in a small minority, maybe 2% of all cancers. Okay, we, we need to do a, um, some clarity here. Are you a doctor? No, of course not. Where, did, where do you get your information? Well, from doctors. Um, I, I mean, I interview a bunch of them in the, uh, in the film. Yes. Uh, I, get, I get it from scientific articles. I get it, get it from books. I mean, I, I. I mean, you've gotten some of this from the American Medical Association itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, and American Cancer Society itself, right? And yeah. papers they've written, right? I go to the source and I things mean, they've all, said. All of this information is coming from mainstream medicine. I mean, thankfully, their uh, their statistics. Uh, what they do is they manipulate their bad statistics to make them look good. But the statistics are all from mainstream medicine, and there are critics within mainstream medicine. I mean. Uh, 
you know, Samuel, Samuel Epstein is a prestigious doctor, uh, I think it's the University of Chicago. He's written extensively about the cancer industry, and um, a lot of other very prestigious doctors uh, are very critical of it, but they don't have a voice. No, they don't. You and know, so... and it's, the, it's the people, it's the Sloan Kettering Hospitals, the American Cancer Society, and others who are making the money. They are the ones who have the voice. They're the ones who are putting out the press releases. They are the ones who have, and the drug companies, obviously, who are supporting the media through advertising. And they're the ones who get, get hurt. Okay, in 45 seconds or less, Mike, how long has this so-called war on cancer been going on, and how effective is it? Well, it's been going on since the early 70s when Nixon signed a law to, to uh, uh, provide a massive infusion of funds, which did no good, and it's, it's totally ineffective. Totally in effect. We are going down the wrong path, and it's the money involved. I mean, $30 billion a year in chemotherapy sales. It's the money involved that's keeping us on that wrong path. No one's looking at alternatives. When alternative treatments, vitamin C, intravenous vitamin C, laetrile, when those look promising, they shut it down. They, they can conduct false studies, studies that are rigged to fail, and they put out this stuff, and they, they slam any alternative treatment. They've been, they've been putting them out of business since, you know, the 30s. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. segment of Rock and Radio is sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com, where they offer free teleclasses and paid webinars, so you can learn how to do what I do for minimal cost. You'll learn the layperson's way of doing it with no background needed. If you want to get your name out there as an expert in your field, create and sell product, meet great people, and just have fun, please check out MyPodcastExpert.com and tell them you heard about them from Revel on Rockin' Radio. Hi, this is Revel, and we are back with Rockin' Radio. This segment of Rockin' Radio is brought to you by thepowerofraw.com. Brand new website, thepowerofraw.com. Please check her out. My guest today is Mike Anderson, Healing Cancer from the Inside Out. We're talking about his DVD... And I would suggest you pick it up. Uh, we, we talked about all the uh, resources he got these from. He shows them on the film, highlights them, so you can see they come directly from the American Medical Society, from the doctors themselves. I mean, there's, there's so much information here. It's all scientifically checked out. And to do this, go to Rave Diet, R-A-V as in victory, E, Rave Diet. Dot com and pick up a few give them to your friends anybody you know who's got cancer talking about cancer afraid of cancer saying cancer runs in their families please pick up a copy of this or a few copies and and share them and maybe if mike has time you can invite him out to speak to your group <laughs> absolutely yeah you'll do that <laughs> yes i i do do that uh, i'm i'm pretty busy but i can probably fit it in all righty. You have to write me and ask. There you go. Okay, he's in Southern California right now, so if you're going to invite him out, remember to pay for his uh, travel. 
<laughs> okay, now we had spoken about how, and I, I've read about this. I remember this from a long time ago when it was uh, more obvious that doctors who try to license to doctors, MDs, who try to do other than um, chemo, radiation, and mutilation uh, have been busted. They have been sent to prison. For some reason, this is, even though it's, I think it's still fairly common, maybe not, maybe people are, they're so afraid right now, they know not to do this. But let's talk about Gerson and Hoxie. How, how long ago did all this happen to them? Well, this, this started in the 30s and 40s. Uh, and went through into the. Uh, I think I'm not sure about the dates, but I'm, I'm I know I am sure about all the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gerson was an, uh, for example, Gerson was a early pioneer, and I interview Charlotte Gerson in the film, his, his daughter, and she has some revealing things to say. But uh, he had nutritional treatments of cancer, and they were very, very successful. Um, he was published in the best European journals, medical journals. They blackballed him in the U.S. One, one paper was published, and after that paper was published, the AMA contacted the publisher and said, if you ever publish another paper from him again, no member of the AMA will contribute to your journal. And that is the end of it for Gerson. He couldn't publish. They had, uh, he, he, had, he presented five cases of terminal cancer cases to the U.S. subcommittee. Uh, in the Senate, and they were they were trying they were going to vote for funds to support further research on the Gerson therapy, and it was the pressure of the big pharmaceutical companies, especially and especially the AMA, that killed that bill. And ever since then, they have blocked funding to uh, support uh, research into nutritional therapies. I mean, just recently, the National Institutes of Health. Uh, macrobi- the Macrobiotic Institute, the Cushy Institute, presented six terminal cases which were totally healed of cancer through diet. And NIH recommended funding to, to further research. That was blocked. It's just, it's just stalled. And on and on and on down the line, they have blocked any funding uh, to pursue alternative uh, means of healing cancer. Gerson is just one, in- one instance. I mean, he, he healed uh, Albert Schweitzer, the Nobel Prize winner. He healed his wife of tuberculosis after conventional medicines had failed. He healed the Nobel Prize winner of his own type 2 diabetes. I mean, Gers- uh, Schweitzer thought uh, Gerson was a true genius, and yet Gerson was blackballed and uh, threats against his life were made, attempts against his life were made, I should say, uh, and, and until eventually he was forced, his institute was forced to flee to Mexico. Same thing happened with this Harry Hoxie, who is a guy who, it's a, it's a funny story, uh, his uncle, I believe it was his uncle, his horse came down with cancer. Right? And he noticed that the horse's dietary patterns had changed. He started eating different grasses, and it was a, a big radical change in the dietary uh, eating habits of the horse. And the cancer was reversed, and that got him onto this thing about getting anti pure antioxidants from the grasses the horse was eating, and that's what came uh, be, became the Hoxie cure. Now, both both Hoxie and Gerson. Hoxie had thousands of patients that he had cured. Reputable doctors both uh, checked out the cancers, they they diagnosed them, and they confirmed them. 
and they confirmed the cures as well, thousands of cases. He, this was a threat to conventional medicine because natural cures cannot be patented. There's no money in them, no big money. And what, they, what happened, despite the fact these were well-documented cures, they chased them out of the country. They, you know, uh, got them on uh, practicing medicine uh, illegally. Yeah, without a license. Yeah, without a license. So, um, because the licensing laws had changed to favor allopathic medicine, and that's how they did it. And so he was forced to flee to Mexico. And now, here are two very extraordinarily promising cancer cures, and these are just two examples. There are, there are hundreds of examples. These are just two examples where they were forced to flee the country. Now, this is insane. Here you have people actually curing and, and, and judgments made by, in courts confirming this, actually curing cancer, and they're chasing them out of the country. It's to dominate the marketplace. I mean, the AMA is, AMA is a doctor's union, and they want to dominate it. They tried to destroy the chiropractic profession uh, just because they wanted to dominate it because chiropractors don't use drugs. Mm-hmm. They don't use traditional allopathic, that is, profitable means of, uh, of curing cancer. So they chased them out of the country. They have do- so dominated the marketplace. This is why you get only one answer. You get three choices when you go to uh, any hospital, and that's all they know. I oh. mean, it, isn't it ironic that through the course of a lifetime, we will swallow literally tons of food, and yet conventional medicine has, says diet has nothing to do with disease? Tons of food we're, we're swallowing, you know, bad food, <laughs> and yet it has nothing. They, they get maybe three hours of nutrition training, and that training is not very good in itself. And yet we're swallowing all this food through the course of our lifetimes. It has nothing to do with our health. And that's, that's like saying that what goes in the gas tank has nothing to do with your, your car problems. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me that um, they use cancer-causing treatments. Yes. Some people will say it's like fighting fire with fire. How, how do you respond to that? Well, <laughs> here, here's the thing. You know, the psychology of it all, you've got a bad disease, and people think, well, you've got to have strong medicine for that. It's a powerful disease. You need powerful medicine, you know, uh-huh. medicine that makes you throw up all day and your hair fall out. Um, the body's a very delicate mechanism. You know, and this war on cancer is typical of our psychology. We have to wage war on the body. That's just the opposite of what the body needs. It's a very delicate mechanism. When we do chemo and radiation, we are upsetting that delicate mechanism. We are destroying it. And uh, so it doesn't have a chance to recover. And, uh, you know, that's how, that's how I respond. It's the wrong, <clears throat> it's the wrong medicine. Well, it absolutely is. We'll get into this next week about um, what is the right medicine, but I'm going to stay really quickly here that I've studied traditional Chinese medicine and um, polar therapy and polarity therapy and a whole lot of other things for the last 21 years. And one of the things I discovered with traditional Chinese medicine is that they, they have in China medicineless hospitals. And they have like a 97% success rate. They, they provide no medicine whatsoever. They provide qigong, which is movement. And people say, well, how can that help? Well, how can changing my diet help? How can fruits and vegetables help? So we're going to talk about that next week. But in the meantime, I want, I want to ask you something here, um, Mike. Which nonprofit 
is the wealthiest nonprofit in the world. Uh, American Cancer Society. Where does that money go? <clears throat> it mo- mo- primarily after you know their extraordinarily high overhead and their investments and their assets. I mean, they're they're worth over a billion dollars. Um, the the money left over is goes to primarily benefit research, which ultimately benefits drug companies and radiological companies. I mean, five of their presidents have been radiologists. I mean, their their whole mission is early detection. And early detection, as I say in the film, is, is essentially a recruitment tool for the cancer industry. They, you know, It was money from John D. Rockefeller that helped start the American Cancer Society, and he saw it as a mouthpiece for the cancer industry, and that's the role it has served since the very beginning. It is just mouthing what the cancer industry wants to say. And so, and, and so it benefits. It benefits them. They get they get a lot of money from the NIH and other and contributions from people like you and me, not you and me, but no. just average citizens. Right. And that money goes to research pharmace, uh, to benefit pharmaceutical companies. Okay. Quick quick answer on this one because we've only got a minute and a half. Um, what what is the FDA supposed to regulate? What is it supposed to regulate? Yeah. Well. What we <laughs> supposed to regulate? Uh, uh, it's food and drug, right? Uh, well, food and drugs, yeah. And who supports them? Well, uh, they're a lapdog for the industry. I mean, they are really there to support the industry uh, and pass regulations that uh, uh, will benefit the industry. I mean, one of their key regulations is that only a drug can cure a disease. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just silly. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, we're going to have you back next week. We're going to talk about what people can do to not only prevent, but to also to heal themselves of cancer. Is this correct? Great. Yes. All right. I thank you for being here. I wish you a lovely day, and we'll talk next week. Don't go okay. away. Great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at... Revel at CelebratingYourPotential.com. That's Revel with two V's and two L's. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. 